You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers snap their three-game losing streak with an excellent hard-fought home victory against the Wisconsin Badgers, 63-45. to The win bumps Indiana up to 11-6, now 2-4 in the conference, uh, and really just kind of stabilizes the season. You know, after three losses and, you know, the Nadir there against Penn State where it just looked like Indiana couldn't do anything defensively. This was a game where Indiana played excellent defense from the tip all the way to the finish, and it helped drive the Hoosiers to this very, very important victory. I am Jared Morris. We've got a full house. The coach, Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, Andy Bottoms, all here to break it down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And look, I think there's a lot of moments from both Jalen Huchifino and Trace Jackson Davis that we could talk about for the banner moment. And we will talk about them as we go through the rest of this show. But to me, in recent games, we have seen Jalen and Trace be great like they were today, and it hasn't led to winning. And so the banner moment for me today is all about the defense. And it's the 40-minute defense that started right from the tip. And there were two moments that told me this is a different defense today. One, it was 4-2. to two. I mean, super early. And I think Jordan Geronimo had one of the best defensive possessions we've seen from him in an Indiana uniform. He stopped a drive. He helped on a cut. He recovered. Then he came back on the weak side uh, to get a block. It was just awesome. He was active. He was attentive. He was locked into the scouting report. And it led to a stop. And a few possessions later, Trey Galloway, you'll probably recall this one, he fouls Connor Asesian trying to fight over a screen. And yeah, he got the foul called, but I loved it. Because as we talked about in the Penn State game, it's like Indiana didn't even let Penn State know they were there. Today, Wisconsin knew Indiana was there. And that play let Connor Asesian know everything is going to be tough. And it was. And so even when Wisconsin got open looks later in the first half and in the second half, they were missing him. In part, probably because a little positive regression for Indiana in terms of three-point percentage, but I think more so because they made everything hard. And so when Wisconsin shooters actually got looks, they weren't in rhythm, they were rushed, and they missed them. And it was defense today, holding this Wisconsin team to 45 points, again, through just a conviction to the scouting report, doing things together, playing hard with a competitive intensity and focus that we haven't seen, which is what has been so frustrating watching these recent games. That is what led to victory today. It was so much fun to watch. And I think I speak for everybody when I say I'm just proud of these guys for bouncing back coming together and playing like that, you know, it's not going to matter if it's just a one-game thing. But if this can be something that they can now build on and move forward because they were rewarded with a fun victory because of it, then this can be a huge building block for this team moving forward to help turn this season around. Just an excellent, excellent defensive performance today by your Hoosiers. All right, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, if you follow Chronic Hoosier and Crimson Cast and a lot of the guys, we've been tweeting out these little hints at what's coming because Homefield Apparel is refreshing their Indiana collection 
and you can't see it, and I'm not allowed to show you the whole thing anyway, but I am wearing the shirt that it's not out yet, but they sent it to me. It's actually a women's basketball shirt celebrating a Big Ten title by the women's basketball team. This shirt is now 2-0. I wore it during the Maryland game. The, the, the women won. I wore it today. Indiana won. So you better buy this shirt when it comes out. But seriously, be on the lookout because they're doing a refresh. There's going to be a bunch of new stuff. We've all seen it. It's all really, really good stuff. I mean, it's home field apparel. You know, they bring out, they bring back these logos from the past. They breathe new life into them. It's all uncomfortable, awesome materials. That's why we love home field apparel. And that's why you should buy stuff from home field apparel. The website, homefieldapparel.com. Our promo code is home. H-O-M-E, and if you've never ordered from Home Field Apparel, you can go there and get 15% off your first order. That's home, H-O-M-E, at homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team and be on the lookout for the Indiana refresh and a bunch of refreshes of all the schools that they have there coming in 2023. All righty, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, and we will start with Andy Bottoms. Andy, your bottoms line on this Indiana victory. Well, I mean, lots of uh, lots of positives to talk about with this one. I think you start with the defense, as you said, really came out from the very first possession, extended the defense, weren't really helping off of anybody uh, for large stretches of the game and were uh, just kind of in guard your yard mode, keep your guy in front of you. And I thought they did a really good job. I thought that helped them. It seemed like ratchet up the intensity uh, on that end of the floor. I thought Geronimo had some really good defensive possessions. Uh, even Galloway and Hitchifino had some good ones that ended in made shots from Chucky Hepburn that were just really, really tough shots. I think even the first basket that Wisconsin got was a, a contested fall away baseline jumper. Um, and, and as you said, it just really didn't make anything easy. Now the problem was in the first half that IU was struggling just as much offensively. Uh, and if you want to look at the stereotype of big 10 basketball that other college basketball fans make fun of, I submit to you the first half because <laughs> everyone no one could do anything. Uh, it's a fine line between good defense and teams that are um, just both really struggling offensively. But IU seemed to find something in the second half with the high ball screen with either TJD or Jalen Huchifino. And uh, those guys made plays, made shots when they needed to. And that was pretty much the offense in the second half, at least the part that was uh, successful. And uh, I think uh, I calculated at about 1.3 points per possession in the second half for IU, which was uh, a, quite a far cry from like a 0.7 that it was in the first half. So uh, they figured some things out. I think to your point, uh, we'll bask in the glory of this for a little bit and then try to figure out whether it's sustainable uh, the way they played. Uh, they expended a lot of effort on the defensive end. Had Jay Wright wondering whether he should have had three-hour practices more often uh, during his head coaching days. And, uh, and so we'll see where they go from here. But certainly this is a response that was maybe overdue. Uh, in a lot of people's eyes, but certainly a huge response from these guys and, and a lot of credit to them and the coaching staff for making some clear changes on the defensive end and then executing it when they got into the game. Got to love the humility of Jay Wright, feeling like he could learn something from a Greg Card, Mike Woodson uh, coach basketball game. That was nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> coach Tonsoni, we will go to you. Uh, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Yeah, a much needed win, and the effort and intensity was just absolutely fantastic to see. This is how you play basketball, win or lose. Uh, and this kind of intensity, if it if it continues, you may lose games because you have two starters out. Uh, you know, but you wanted to play game, the basketball uh, the right way. In the first half, shots were being uh, missed, maybe some questionable shot selection. The offense wasn't as great, uh, but they did start executing in the second half. 
I, I thought there were several players who, who had outstanding contributions who might not be at the top of the stat sheet, and that's what you want to see. You want to see a connected team playing with a lot of juice and a lot of energy, and that'll get you in ball games. And your defense will keep you in games when your offense isn't, isn't running. I will be uh, the one that'll start the caution. Uh, Wisconsin was 95th in all adjusted offensive efficiency coming into the game, and they were playing without their leading scorer. Uh, so it was a good time to bring the intensity, and they really shut down what Wisconsin had, especially a Asijan, did a great job. But this needs to continue, and it needs to continue even in the face of a loss or two uh, against a real tough schedule uh, ahead of Indiana. There is no excuse for going backwards now, right? The intensity and how they played with passion needs to continue in the face of adversity, a, a 10-0 run against them or a team hitting shots. And that has not been this team the last uh, month and a half. So I'm very cautious that this is just a one-off. You know, a three-hour practice with a big focus, a home crowd, can bring really good performances. And today was really good. A lot to be happy about. But it needs to continue next Thursday at Champaign against a really, really talented team that's going to be tough for Indiana to match up. And this is a 30-game season, not just a one-game season. And we at Indiana have a tendency, we're back, we're not back, we suck, we're great. Um, great night. But uh, I'm not trusting this program quite yet. Sorry to boo-hoo. Couldn't even get past segment one without that. We can't just enjoy this for 15 minutes before. Let we start me talking be about the negative that. one, coach. <laughs> Somebody get. I want to be like you, Ryan. Here. We can't have this. <laughs> I want to be like you. I wanted to, you know, jump the shark and get ahead of you. All I have to say is, coach, you told us shine the turd up a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> and we did. Oh, we it. did. So just be satisfied. We did. Ryan, over to you. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, I think that that the effort and intensity today was what was what was the difference and that leads to the defense it's 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 effort focus intensity is what defense is mostly you all know your assignments going into a game everybody knows what they're supposed to do it's just about staying focused and staying locked in and then using the effort and George Geronimo personified that but so did Trace Jackson Davis I thought Miller Cop played really well defensively yeah he lost his guy a few times but that's you know, what happens when you have some physical limitations. And I thought Trey Galloway played really well and got some terrible fouls called against him that were just, I mean, one or two were, I think two of them were legit. And then a couple of them were just like, well, what's he supposed to do in that situation? The guy runs right into him. So, um, but I thought the, the, that was the difference was the effort and intensity. I thought Wisconsin was just kind of sleepwalking through a lot of the game and Indiana took advantage. It was the first time we've seen Indiana take advantage in a long time defensively I thought was their best game of the season even above those early wins I thought that they were right there on closeouts I thought they all were playing together I thought they were connected which was the biggest aspect of this and instead of just one guy guide your guard your guy and then maybe guard you know switch if your guy gets you know a screen or or whatever this was a whole team playing together And, and if they can do that they can win games even with these injuries like this the had they done this against Penn State, had they done this against, you know, in, in these other losses, they, I mean, they can win those games. I mean, he lost to Northwestern by one. I know it was really four because Trey Gallo hits a full court shot at the end. But, you know, you win that game if you just play connected defense. Um, Coach is right. This was not a perfect win. We can be really excited about it and happy about it. There are aspects we need to talk about that are unsustainable moving forward. That said, it was nice to see this team when this season could have 
was, I hate to use this term because it gets overused with Indiana, but it was on the brink of disaster, just on the brink of falling off a cliff. And they were able to step up and, and, and right the ship today. The thing is, you've got to build on this though. It can't be just like, all right, we're good. Everybody relax. Like, no, you still need to build off of this. Cause as coach said, you're going to at Illinois, there's an incredibly tough team. And this could be another, well, if they get blown off the floor against Illinois, then we're right back where we started. You know, you have to compete in that game and you have to compete the way you competed today. That should be the baseline is playing this aggressive, this intense. I, I, I'm not sure I love practicing them for three hours the night before a game, but it worked this time. I would not make that a habit moving forward, but that's, this is what the team needed. They needed to have this intense performance. Now you got to repeat it. It's not just a one game thing where we're happy with it. It's got to be sustained. And as we've talked about many times over the last decade with Indiana, this program has not handled success well. So you got to build off of this, not just be happy with it. hundred percent. No, there, there's no question. You know, and that's the thing. If Indiana, if the results had been the same, you know, if Indiana had lost to Iowa and law, especially lost to Northwestern and lost to Penn state, but you saw this kind of just fight and intensity, you can walk away from those games feeling a little bit better. You know, it's because and this is where, you know, people talked and they said, well, because of the injuries. And it's like, well, it's more than injuries. This is what was missing. You know, we know that this team has limitations, but they don't have that many limitations. They can do this. And so, you know, this is what now Indiana needs to carry into. Yes, coach, tougher competition moving forward. Okay, we need to talk about some individual performances that were outstanding. And I think we need to start at the top and talk about what Jalen and what Trace did. Let's start with Trace, coach, who was just outstanding today. You know, had so many great sequences of making a great offensive play and then coming down and making a great defensive play. The biggest thing for me watching today is Trace looked more like Trace today. He had a little more bounce. He had the quickness. I mean, when was the last time we saw him spin and take somebody baseline? I mean, he just hasn't been able to move that quickly. And so it's really, it's a testament to how you know, how tough he is. It's a testament, I think, a little bit to the matchups also that he's had against Iowa, Northwestern, and Penn State that he's been able to produce even at less than 100%. I mean, I think Crowell is, you know, probably the best defender he's faced out of all those guys. And he was able to to really get more done today uh, because he looks better. And so if, if he's, you know, if we, we can bring back some of this intensity and you start to get real trace back where he can do more things, that also is big because it hasn't just been the injuries to X and race. It's also been trace being at about 60%. So that to me is a big story coming out of this is that he looked more like himself today. And that's really big for this team. You could tell right away on that assist he made to Geronimo when he went baseline and kind of threw it, you know, no look kind of a play to Geronimo, but he had juice today. Uh, and I've thought he's, you know, uh, had a tough go of it with a, a lot of criticism, but I think his back has just been tremendously uh, hard to deal with, and he's fought through that, and then he gets rewarded tonight, hopefully a little more healthy or the rehab has started to work. But, yes, he was he was getting up. You could tell even on his dunks. Uh, when his dunks are more powerful, um, <laughs> you know, you know he's got a little more up and, and a little more juice, and I thought the rim protection – was back. Uh, I think that's a key piece missing of the defense too. Is yeah, he had more height know, on those blocks. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you know, if you don't have that, then maybe that's the reason that the the scheme was to keep that ball from the middle because you knew you didn't have that rim protection. 
Um, but boy, it was back. And, and you know, he did he did a nice job getting getting rebounds uh, on the break. It always makes me nervous when the big guys bring it up, but I thought they handled that that well tonight. Uh, and and I thought the second half. Uh, I really like TJD up at the free throw line or higher uh, more than the low post. Um, so yeah. whoever whoever it was, Woodson and the coaching staff, you know, we've been tough on those guys too, and I have been. Um, there, there was a lot more offense where they were catching the ball uh, at the elbow or what we call a chin series where they run someone off the off a screen and then he goes in ball screens. Uh, they have did a, a lot of new things uh, doubling that gives him an easier path to pass out of the double. They they had two dives, a guard, uh, the the four man and a guard was diving, which gives TJD more options and opens up the backside. They also did a lot more lifting uh, of the wings. So TJD had a great game, but he was put in position to be better as well by the coaching staff. So there's a lot of praise to go around. Yeah, you know, and Andy right along with that was the performance of Jalen Hood Shafino who, you know, really, to me, what really stood out most were kind of the run-busting shots that he had today. Because there is not one Indiana fan that felt confident at all, really until about the final two minutes, that Indiana was going to be able to close out this game. Because we've just seen too often, you know, Indiana take an 8, 10, 12-point lead into the middle of the second half, and they just grind it down, and we can't score, and they end up winning the game. And what seemed to happen is Wisconsin would hit a bucket, or they'd go on a little four-point run, and Jalen would just very calmly go and find a spot in the mid-range and make it. You know, and he had more space to operate, too. He was actually able to get to the basket a couple of times. And so, you know, I, I just thought, I thought there was a little bit, you know, there was some stagnation there at the, you know, end of the first half or kind of the middle point of the first half on, as we've often seen. But I thought for the, you know, for the most part, the offense was more fluid and they were doing more things. And it wasn't just, hey, let's just try to dump it down to TJD. There was a little bit more variety that was going on. I thought Jalen benefited from that. And I also thought he just stepped up and made shots. And sometimes you need a guy to do that, especially when the other guys around him aren't getting the opportunities and aren't seizing the opportunities that they're getting. You know, that was big for Indiana to have a guy that just would not let Wisconsin go on a run. And Jalen Hutchifino simply wouldn't let him do it with, you know, just time and again hitting a big shot to just make sure that we kept him at arm's length. Yeah, I marked on a couple of times in the second half uh, what you said. Wisconsin cut it to 10. Every IU fan starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. And uh, <laughs> he got to his spot there at the elbow and, and made a shot. Um, thought he did a good job making reads off of the, the pick and roll through a couple of passes that were uh, not really ones that are going to get thrown away, but not really <laughs> – not really what you'd probably teach in terms of the way he would lob it over to TJD, but it, it worked out. And so I thought, um, you know, th those two played well together and Huchipino did not start the game. Well, he started well defensively uh, and was a lot more intense on that end, but really struggled with shot selection and just making shots on the first half. But he hit a couple uh, right before the half um, in the last few possessions that IU had, I thought that really propelled him, gave him some confidence coming out in the second half. Uh, and then just, you know, made made smart placement. It got to his spots where he wants to be and shoot the ball uh, and really did an effective job uh, of doing that. Had some uh, had some nice assists. And I think when you go back to Trace, um, I thought he passed well when he was in the, you know, they're not going to double team him at the free throw line. But when he was in the post, uh, I thought he passed it well. There was one that Geronimo ended up turning the ball over. It was a great pass. He's cutting down the middle, just was indecisive in terms of whether he was going to go up and try to dunk or kick it to, I think it was Galloway in the corner for three, ends up turning the ball over. Um, but he had a couple other really nice passes that Geronimo was able to convert uh, for baskets down there. So I thought he showed a little bit of everything 
Um, but like you guys, particularly against the kind of bigs that Wisconsin plays, um, it was a good opportunity to get him on the move and uh, and going downhill a little bit toward the basket. But he definitely looked more healthy. I think Jay Wright mentioned that at the end. It was a you know one of the rebounds he went up for at the end was just a you know just looked normal, looked fluid, and uh, you know I think he said he was you could tell he was feeling it, but I, you could just tell he was feeling a little bit better. He was putting on a show for little brother Taven, who was in the house. That was also, that is also for Indiana. That was also uh, you know, and Ryan, it was really big for Indiana, obviously, to get Race Thompson back today. Race goes five for 10, has 12 points, 11 boards, a block, a steal, terrific defense. Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was Jordan Geronimo uh, basically putting together a very Race Thompson-like stat line. Um, and really, I think giving kind of a race Thompson like performance where, you know, some of the things that we haven't seen. Right. You know, the ability, you know, some of that versatile defensive play, picking up some garbage points, being able to play the two man game with Trace Jackson Davis. This was a really good performance. And, and this is two straight good performances from Jordan. Uh, you know, he was better against Penn State, was much better today and, you know, brought some of the stuff for Indiana that they've been missing with race out of the game. And this is what they need Jordan to do. And I thought he was terrific today. Yeah, before I get into that, I want to sort of piggyback off of what Coach and, and Andy were saying. Last year at the end of the season, we learned that Indiana's D offense typically runs best when Trace Jackson Davis starts about the free throw line yeah. and, and gets the ball and can work from there. They have gone away from that this year for long stretches, and it's been puzzling to all of us because when you get that movement up high, you open up everything on the wings as well. And that's how you're going to get those open three point shots. We saw it with Miller cop twice today when they ran a screen and roll action at the top, the, his guy has to help down to help that, that mesh action that's going on there. And it leaves him open. That's really the only way you're getting Miller open at this point. And the guy shoots above 45% from three. And you saw the two attempts he had out there, one rattled in and out should have gone down and the other he drained. And, and so it's not just, that you're getting something for Trace or you're getting something for Jalen, it moves the defense and opens up the floor. Again, that was a key to Indiana's run last year in the Big Ten tournament and getting into the NCAA tournament, and they just have gone away from it. We've been confused all year about that, yep. uh, you know, because it's been more of a straight post-up offense. On to Jordan. I, I thought last game he was very good uh, and one of the better players on the floor with his energy and focus. Uh despite, you know, a really bad game. I thought that he was pretty good today, obviously showed what his potential is. I mean, you know, he, he even, he was feeling himself a bit and got out on the break at one point. And I think everybody in, you know, wearing a, wearing a crimson sweater at home was like, no, stop, whatever you do. Cause he doesn't have the best hands in the world. He just does. He doesn't have the best hands. He fumbled away that, that pass on the interior, as you said, uh, uh, Andy, when he couldn't decide what to do with the ball. And, and he, again, not the best hands in the world. And that happens from time to time. But it was an excellent performance from him. I thought his energy really set the tone for everybody. It wasn't just, you know, he's having a good game. I thought that energy and effort, you know, he had that had that one block early on that really, I thought, you know, sent a message and uh, 11 rebounds, 12 points, uh, really didn't try and do anything crazy he actually made two of his three free throws which we haven't seen from him this year uh but he was really just around the rim and it was a lot of effort i mean five offensive rebounds that's effort it's just effort it's going up and 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 going for the ball so uh i, I really thought he played well today and i thought that he deserves deserves kudos after having a really rough stretch for you know about a month there he really the last two games has been the guy indiana has needed him to be yeah andy yeah, I thought it was interesting with him, uh, not to keep 
you know, lumping uh, plaudits on Jay Wright, although I did think he did a really nice job. Um, but, you know, he kind of talked about you got to know as a coach, like when to really challenge guys and talked about what, you know, Geronimo being a guy that Woodson really challenged uh, yesterday and that he that he responded to it. I think he also shortly thereafter said this is what happens when you're coaching 18 to 22 year old kids. Uh, <laughs> everything, you know, you watch I use last few games and he goes, it looks like they're just dead um, and you're able to get him back. But I thought Jordan really has responded well. Um, to to in these last couple of games didn't really come with points last time, but you know for a guy who's not going to get stuff run for him and is going to be able to you know has to play off of other guys and just make energy plays that is exactly what he did tonight. And everybody's been trying to figure out who the third guy is to really step up besides uh, Trace and, and Jalen today. And I thought a number of other guys made made plays that I I, I know we'll talk about as we go forward. But I thought um, at least from a scoring standpoint. He was a guy that was able to do that. And it was a better defensive matchup for him in some ways in terms of not having another big guy, uh, you know, took an elbow to the face that I honestly don't know how you don't review that uh, there. But I thought, you know, short of them running things that might cause some confusion on his part, it was a good matchup. They don't have a big four man. Now that changes if Tyler Wall is playing. Um, But I thought he, you know, benefited from that well defended well was really intense on that end of the floor as we saw in a few possessions against Penn State just was uh, a lot more sustained for for him and for everybody quite frankly yep okay coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 18 point victory over Wisconsin we'll point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game you are listening to the assembly call stick with us Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the assembly call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Well, good. Ethan is not listening to the show, and that is just fine, because you are listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. We're glad you're here. I'm Jared Morris, here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, Andy Bottoms, and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's victory over Wisconsin today, and it is the top of segment two, and you know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have.
Oh, yes, it is time for Meaningful Moments You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. I know we all have a lot of moments, um, so let's we'll, we'll go around the horn here. Uh, the one that I want to start with, and this is about the point in the game when we were all kind of texting each other, like, hey, you're in the second half. This is a big sequence. This is a big sequence here. Is, you know, we're all thinking of blown leads in the past. But you know, Indiana got off to that great start in the second half. Just a quick 10-0 run really put some distance uh, between the Hoosiers and the Badgers that would actually end up you know, holding uh, and even extending for the rest of the game. But I thought, you know, there was a point when it was 33 to 22 and, you know, Wisconsin had finally gotten themselves, you know, a bucket. And so, you know, you're kind of thinking, okay, we got off to that good start, but Wisconsin's going to start chipping away at this and we're going to get tight and the offense is going to struggle. I know we were all thinking of that. And I thought what happened next, and it was in large part led by trace. And this is why trace is a potential all American. Uh, was huge. Uh, and that is when, I don't remember who threw the pass. I think it was Jalen threw this really tough pass from the right wing to Trace. He makes the tough catch, spins and scores on crowd, then he runs the floor, uh, catches up to Chucky Hepburn, who did his traditional drive hard, stop, you know, do the little kind of show the ball pump fake. Trace, you know, didn't bite, ends up getting the block. Uh, and then on the other end, you know, Come down, Jalen gets pushed, there's no call, but he hits a jumper anyway, and then the very next possession, Trace gets it on the right wing, drives in, hits a little jump hook, all of a sudden it's 39-22, to and now that 11-point cushion is a 17-point cushion, and you're feeling a lot better. And again, you know, Wisconsin was really never able to really get it, I think they got it back to 12 uh, at one point after that, Uh, but I thought really pushing the lead out there. It's just something, Andy, that we don't usually see this Indiana team do. And I thought, you know, we've asked for leadership from Trace Jackson Davis. He has given it to us in terms of playing tough and playing hard through injury. And I thought today in the second half, you know, both he and Jalen, but especially in that segment there, that was big for Trace. Just go make plays, help extend that lead. Uh, Just a really big sequence there for him on a day when he had a number of them. Yeah, that I had marked down the same sequence. Just any time, I think, as you said, no IU fan felt comfortable really at any point in the second half until there was less than a minute left, I feel like. And, um, you know, just those minutes where how can you stop any sense of momentum that Wisconsin may be getting? And we talked about that a little bit on Assembly Call Radio in the the wake of the women's game when, you know, Maryland comes back, ties up the women's game, and they just rip off nine points in a row like it's nothing. Um, that's not a level of responsiveness that we've seen. That's why I talked about the Jalen Hitchapino plays when it got to 10 those two times. Just stepped up, made a basket, said, no, you're not coming back. Um, and, and so I thought, that was, I thought that was huge. And shortly thereafter, uh, I, and I think Ryan wanted to talk about Malik Renew, um, so I'll let him do that. But, you know, Trace got a little bit of a rest after that, and they bought some minutes and really didn't let the lead get whittled down uh, uh, as, as you move forward. So, uh, yeah, just a, a really big sequence. I thought on both ends, I thought how you guys in general did a good job of staying down on those ball fakes from guys like Hepburn, uh, and things like yep. that, really reacting, knowing that they still have a chance to block the shots and just and, discipline, you know, some of the shots Wisconsin made were tough, tough shots. Um, so I, I, you know, kudos to those guys on, on kind of knowing the scouting report. We talked about some of that before, of, of what these guys are going to do and really staying down and, and staying disciplined to be in the right spot to, 
be able to challenge and block shots. Ryan, you have a meaningful moment. I do. Uh, it came at 1453 of the second half. Chucky had a timestamp too. Wow. Chucky Hepburn hit a driving. What a day. <laughs> Chucky Hepburn hit a driving layup. And that was the first time Wisconsin scored in the second half, five yeah. minutes and seven seconds in. I mean, Indiana's defense in that first five minutes was incredible coming out of half. And we've seen them have slow starts to games. We've seen them have slow starts to second halves. That was not the case. And and they were all over Wisconsin early, forcing bad shots. And Wisconsin, I think, got one open look in that stretch, but it was, you know, he still had a guy closing out hard and he missed. Um, but that and that driving layup by Hepburn wasn't easy to get either. And, and so it took them five minutes and seven seconds to score in the second half. That gave Indiana, even with you know, some offensive struggles today, gave them a chance to to create a 13 point lead. And you had that cushion that they never really relinquished. I think it got under 10. Did it get under 10 at one point? It was about it was about 10 or 11. I don't uh, think so. They had, had a, seven it, got back, it got back, they to, got back 10 to 12 twice. Yeah. Okay. Had it got back, back to 10 yeah. twice. It got okay. to. It got I knew to they were 39, right 29 and 45, 35. That was yeah. the closest I think it got. And at one point, Wisconsin had that 7-0 run where you're kind of like, oh, no, here it comes. And, and you know, I think we all were kind of talking about that next four-minute segment would really decide what happened in the game. And and so, but yeah, it allowed them to, that, that first five minutes allowed them to stretch that lead to a point where, you know, you could feel somewhat comfortable running your offense and somewhat comfortable in your defense to know if you made one mistake, it wasn't going to cost you. Coach, you have a moment? Yeah, Indiana only scored three uh, fast break points, but I thought some of their early offense was was key in that second half when they were able to score that 1.3 uh, points possession that Andy said. Uh, one of the things that you can do if you want to post up Trace or do, do some side ball screens is do it early. Uh, in offense while the defense is running back to get set as opposed to walking it up and just throwing it in there and then doing the you know the p- post dives and the standings. But I thought early on uh, there was a ball screen on the wing for Galloway that he took right to the rim, and it really got the juices flowing. It might have been the second basket of the half or something, yep. but Wisconsin was not ready for it uh, early offense. I thought Hood Shafino followed it up at 13-21 with an early post feed on the break. Uh, TJD had hustled down the floor and gotten – pushed off the block about a step and I and I saw it happening and in my mind I'm like get it to him get it to him get it to him and he got it to him early and he was able to spin and make a move so I thought the early offense while it's not credited with fast break points at the rim or whatever I thought that really kind of jump-started Indiana and the other thing kudos to the coaching staff whoever did this but they changed their their post uh action uh with that double dive and then you saw a really good uh Geronimo really went to openings all night long uh, when Trace got doubled uh, as well. The one seal was just beautiful. Uh, to, his guy was higher than him, and he just sealed him and got the pass in. So somehow they, they made an adjustment rather than just one guy dive and three guys stand. They, they did the four-man and the, and the guard. That was a really nice uh, adjustment added uh, this week that I thought uh, gives a little bit. Uh, if you want to go to that post action where normally Indiana stood, it's moving moving defenders. Uh, and I thought they, they did a better job of moving defenders, even in a night where the offense wasn't great as only 1.01 and still needs a lot of work. Um, but tonight is more shot making. I think that got those stats than, than, uh, there's still some concerns offensively, but I, I have to give credit. I thought there were some more, uh, things done scheme wise, uh, but that early, early action is something to continue to watch to see if Indiana can take advantage of that. Last moment that I want to mention, uh, is about Malik Renew 
who I think, guys, is starting to break through the freshman wall a little bit that we saw. You know, he One thing that we noticed from Malik there for a while is every time he would get in, it's like the first time he would touch the ball, he would go super fast, and it would you know lead to a turnover, lead to a bad shot. And I thought today, when he got in, he was really important in the first half. And his first touch, he got the ball on the block, stayed patient, scored. And you're starting to see him do that a little bit more, which we know he's so good at. Had a, I think it was in the second half, he had that great play where he kind of took a bit of a wild shot but then was right there with a quick second you know, jump uh, to tap it in. But what I was most impressed with right when he got in the game was not the scoring, because we've seen that from him. And he's now 10 of 17 over the last three games, uh, you know, is turning the ball over less, which is really good. But I think defensively, you're seeing a lot of growth from him. You know, uh, his first defensive possession, well, maybe it was not his first one, but, you know, it was there early in the first half. Asijan got the ball on the wing and tried to drive Malik, and he cut him off, used the baseline as a defender, cut him off, and it didn't, it didn't look like he was, you know, doing something otherworldly. He just moved his feet and had really good technique. And so, Ryan, I think this is really important for Indiana going down the stretch. You know, we've got Jalen, we've got Trace, you know, and we know we're going to be able to count on those guys. But as we're waiting for race and X and we don't even know what kind of shape they're going to be in when they get back, who else steps up and raises their game? And I think we've thought all season long Malik Renew by February and March can be a game changer, you know, as he gets himself ready and can provide big minutes off the bench. I saw a lot from him today to like, and I think the last couple games we're seeing progress from him that is really encouraging because uh, this team's going to need him to be more productive here over the next few weeks. Yeah, I think what impressed me the most wasn't the baskets. It wasn't the, you know, what it was just he was aggressive. Today. He caught he caught the ball instantly and went up. Now, he gets himself too deep sometimes, and I it's this it's this freshman kind of YOLO thing where it's just like, I'm just going to throw this up. And and it's like, no, 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 Malik, pass it out, repost. We'll get it back to you, you know, and uh, especially in this offense, if you're posting, you're going to get the ball. Um, so, it, but, but he just had this mentality. That he was as good as everybody else on the floor and he was going to make shots and, and he was going to score and he was going to do whatever he could. And we, that disappeared for a while. It was confidence with him. It wasn't skill. It wasn't a lack of, you know, physical, issues or anything it was just confidence and it appears he's getting that back and that's usually what the freshman wall is there's two things one is fatigue because you're playing more intense games than you've ever played before i mean high school games i don't care you know the, the intensity level is on a different on a, on a different you know height than in, in in college and so he's you hit the wall because of that because you just get exhausted with school and all that stuff plus doing all this practices and all that and playing tougher guys but you also hit the wall because at some point you have a bad game and confidence gets shattered so him starting to get that back it's very obvious that he is and and you're right that's going to be huge for indiana down the stretch even when race thompson comes back because then you've got more depth and the whole point of having malik this year was to have more depth I was just looking on Twitter, friend of the show, Eric Haslam, who runs Haslametrics. I just saw this tweet from the middle of the game. He said, not quite sure if I'm watching Indiana versus Wisconsin or Hickory versus Ulytic, <laughs> which I thought was a funny, a funny reference. Uh, let's go to numbers. Uh, inside the numbers, the numbers that tell the, the story of this game, uh, you know, I think right off the bat, the three-point shooting jumps out. You know, Indiana only one for eight. So a paucity of attempts there with just eight and obviously not able to make a lot of them. Uh, you know, Miller Cop, 
looked like a guy who was ready to make shots if he got the opportunity. You know, he was ready to pull the trigger on that transition three that would have been a dagger and put Indiana up 16, and it just rattled out. But he did not hesitate when he got his next shot, and I think that one put Indiana up 19 when he hit that one. Uh, just a, you know, a huge shot. But Indiana still just not able to consistently make the three-point shot a part of the offense. Uh, but, you know, on the defensive end, I mean, this is what we've been talking about is the three-point shooting and just how, you know, the percentage that Indiana is giving up. Uh, but today, 5 of 24 from Wisconsin. And I know all the arguments that the analytics guys make about how the defense doesn't really control the three-point percentage as much as offensive skill and random variance. And I get some of that, and some of that has been mixed in to the bad three-point defense Indiana has had. But I still maintain that what you let shooters get comfortable, they're going to hit a higher percentage, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Wisconsin was this bad shooting threes today on a day when Indiana's defense was better. So the three-point shooting defensively was great. Offensively, it remains a major concern. It didn't matter today because of just how this game went, but it is going to matter moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about it, I think, you know, maybe a little bit later, but Indiana has got to get that figured out. But, Coach, to me... Those are the two numbers that, that you know, I thought you really stood out. What else stood out to you? Well, I think eight turnovers. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know that Wisconsin is a team that's going to turn you over. I don't know what their defensive turnover possession uh, percentage is, but you know, Indiana had State. struggled. Yeah, Indiana had struggled a lot with just turning the ball over, sloppy passes. They got away with a few. Uh, I wrote down they were forcing some balls into uh, – TJD without reading the help when I, I thought the skip pass was there and they kind of tried to jam it in a little bit. Uh, but eight turnovers is, is gives you a chance to maximize uh, your offense. Uh, and especially on a night when you're not making shots, you got to make sure you just keep taking some uh, as opposed to not, you know, if you're shooting a lower percentage. Uh, and I thought, you know, it was nice to see after a struggle in the first half, sometimes teams will allow their offense to dictate their defense. They played great defense but didn't shoot well. And sometimes when the points aren't going on and you're only up one, uh, I thought the response offensively coming back and shooting a higher percentage in the second half, I think it was close to 60%. Um, or it was at one point. I don't know if it ended there. So those are the numbers that stood out for me. Uh, a lot of good things embedded in today uh, with how they played and, and, and some of the stats. Yeah, I think that on the turnover number, you had fewer turnovers than Wisconsin, who, who, who you know, right. it just seems like always has eight fewer turnovers to Indiana when they play. Now, I don't, you know, maybe that's a function of Wisconsin just missing guys, you know, missing their, their leading scorer and all that, trying to force some things or whatever. But to hold it down to eight is the point. And, and you're right, coach. I mean, that's a, that's a huge. And a couple huge, of them were late they, after they, yeah. we were up 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I think Coach Shafino had zero until the last three minutes. He did. And and then, you know, Duncombe had one. He's not a guy who usually right. plays. And, and I had no problem with that because he went down and caused one on the other end. It's like, all right, you're, you're good, buddy. We're even. Um, the the one that I thought is just kind of funny, I mean, plus minus is what it is. Like, it's not a perfect stat. But the starting lineup was plus 20, plus 19, plus 19, plus 21, and plus 20. Yep. So the starting lineup was just really good today. And, and you know, there's been a lot of uh, questions about the lineup and who should start and all that. That group, when playing together, destroyed Wisconsin today. So I thought that was the only guys in the minus were Leal, uh, Renew, Caleb Banks, CJ Gunn, Logan Duncombe, and Tamar Bates was plus three. The other guys were all minus three or lower, though. 
So every, no matter who was on the floor, Indiana was playing either with Wisconsin or better than Wisconsin. So, um, again, a flawed stat, but it, it does show trends, and it shows that, that the starting lineup was just very good today. We've got to stop calling it a flawed stat if we use it every game. Well, I mean, you, it, it's it's it it is flawed, but it does show trends. But it's not, you know. I think putting guys next to each other, like Trace Jackson Davis, was plus thirty, Race Thompson only plus fifteen. Like, it, but it shows a trend if there's a grouping of it. I do think. Yeah, Andy, numbers. Uh, you know, a couple couple things. I, I tweeted out at one point. I think this was still in the first half that I used guards were one for fifteen, uh, and they ended Oof. up. Uh, they ended up 11 for 30, which means they went 10 of the last 15. I mean, a lot of that was Huchifino getting to where he went. But, I mean, they, you needed somebody to score. They were – you know, if you look at where the points came from, you had 42 points in the paint. You make one three-pointer, there's not a whole lot to be had uh, there. But IU, you know, was able to, to get what it wanted inside uh, with TJD or others driving to the basket. Um, so they end up outscoring Wisconsin by 20 points in the paint. Um you know, I only gets the free throw line five times. Uh, I, there's no sense in really getting into that too much, but did at least hit uh, four of the five. Wisconsin got there 11 times and only hit four. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't a defense. physical game, so why would there be team shooting free, free throws? You know, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of free throw movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four <laughs> of 11 de- from the free throw line for Wisconsin. Yeah. Free throw too. defense is Holy back, baby. All right, yeah. so we got that. We got um, 16 total uh, free throws in the game. You know, I got two two other quick things. You know, we talked about the tournament versus Ryu. Only 10 assists. I think a lot of that was – putting uh, Jalen in, in ball screen situations, letting him create, you're not going to end up with a ton of uh, assists in that regard because he's basically taken it and, and made shots off the off the bounce. Uh, but 32 minutes and 17 seconds is how long IU held the lead in this game. Uh, I, would, I will not speak for other IU fans, but I did not feel that way. I did not feel the comfort during the game that leading for 32 minutes should provide you. Uh, I won't, I won't say that others did or didn't, but, uh, uh, but definitely, you know, I think speaks to how well IU started the game, uh, from a defensive standpoint, even though that didn't lead to a, that didn't generate a big lead in the first half, but they also started the second half really well and got off to a huge start, uh, scored a ton on the first handful of possessions and really put some distance between them and Wisconsin, which for Wisconsin is tough to overcome, not just because you don't have Tyler Wall, but the, you know, the way they want to play. I think they mentioned this on the broadcast. It's like, you, you know, you want to speed your offense up in that scenario, like that's not what Wisconsin wants to do, but you have to do that in order to be able to get yourself back into the game. So I thought that start to the second half was huge, but uh, yeah, overall uh, 32 minutes uh, plus of, of leading in the game, which is, uh, which is certainly a better feeling than what we had a few days ago. Yes. So the last number that I want to cite Miller cop in the first half, his box score was an 11 trillion. And for those not familiar with impressive the trillion, shout, shout yes. out Mark, Mark <laughs> shout out to Mark. Uh, that is when you he played 11 minutes and had nothing on the box score. You know, now, would it be nice for Miller to get some rebounds and do some things? Sure. But I think Miller was part of an excellent, you know, team defense approach. Yep. And so I don't really, you know, have a lot of fault for Miller on some of that. The problem I have with it is the shooting. Yep. You know, now, you know, it's easy to say, and I have said this, you know, you've got to get get Miller shots or get him off the court because he's not providing enough value. Now, he does provide value, obviously, as a guy – who spaces the court because he's shooting 45%, whatever it is, teams respect him. And so he is drawing a defender out there. And so he has some offensive value, even if he's not getting shots, but you know, coach, you know, we're watching Connor a 
just running all over the court, you know, and getting screens and finding shots. And I caught myself for a second in the first half thinking, well, why the heck isn't Miller aggressive like that to go find shots? And then we go back to Mike Woodson's offensive philosophy, which is, you know, put the shooters in the corner and you don't move. You know, and you might rise and do some things like that, but you're not really moving. We're not really setting screens for you. And so, you know, it remains a concern for me coming out of this game is, you know, get, you know, Tamar Bates goes 0 for 4. I thought three of his four shots were really forced, but you're not running anything to get him open. You know, Miller Cop was just ready to explode in the second half. And I, I get some arguments that he needs to be a little bit more aggressive and he pump fakes his way out of some good looks maybe sometimes. But at the end of the day, he's just not really getting that many good looks. Um, and so, you know, I'm curious to get, you know, your thoughts on it and what you saw, you know, because this was a, a good overall effort from cop being out there, but you're still not really taking advantage of everything that he can give you for an offense that's going to need more punch. And he seems like the kind of guy who can provide it. Yeah. You're, you're really kind of stuck. You need him for your, your veteran leadership. Uh, you know, I think, he brings that. I think he's a good. I think they need to run more. We we've just talked about it over and over and over again. If you have multiple players who can do mul- different things, you got to you got to run things for all of your players, not just one or two of your players. Um, but I I don't believe that's uh, Mike Woodson's philosophy. And I'm not. I mean, it's just I, we just got to understand. Mike Woodson is yeah. it's going he's going to go to the number one guy and the number two guy, and then three, four, and five are going to feed off of that. That's what he believes in. And, this and is it, it worked today, right? It worked today because you got to win. It worked against North Carolina. Uh, and if those three, four, five guys step up and get four shots and hit down three, that really adds to the to the to to the offense. That's just different than a lot of people uh, who run things for a, a wide variety of players. And when you run for a wide variety of players, you find a hot guy, then you go back to him, and then when he cools off, you go back to someone else. That gives you some flexibility uh, with Indiana. If TJD's not scoring or Hood Shafino went, you know, cold in the first half, you're going to have a bad offense. That's the time I think you should start uh, running things. But, you know, um, one of the benefits today was TJD took his time to get into the game, I thought. Uh, and, and sometimes you can need to go to players early and then come to your stud in the, about the six, seven minute mark. Uh, they do that in the pros all the time. They did that with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wouldn't get a look for the first half of the, you know, first quarter. Get everyone involved, and then go go to your guy. But that's not what our philosophy is. So, I'm not anticipating a Miller Cop conversation leading to a mention of Michael <laughs> Jordan, but that's what we're here for today. So that's cool. But I mean, how do you, you know, not how do you say, not include those two in the same sentence? No, well, and I'm not comparing, but I'm just <laughs> no, saying <laughs> you've got it. We ran a pin screen for him the other day, early in the first half, and got him a shot. You get him in a rhythm. Yeah. Um, so, so here, here's what we, I want to say. Be, so because I just don't. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. And if it wins, then we, we just got to be okay it, it, with it. Yeah, because right? here, really, if you, if you look at the shots that he did get, one of them was a three in transition, which is not anything set. The other was a great read from Galloway off the pick and roll, which by then had been so successful that I think it, it was, was a season helped off of him that he sagged in so far uh, and, and Trey made a nice pass out to him. But yeah, you're not. I mean, those things eventually, the second shot is a function eventually of what you did offensively, but it's a secondary function. It's not the primary look that you're trying to get out of that, but it was, it it was a result of what you'd been able to do and the the success you'd been able to have offensively. But yeah, I mean, the one's kind of a broken play, you know, 
you know, that roof would have come off the place if the one that hit, you know, rattled the around transition. and out on a, on a transition. But yeah, you're just not, uh, not doing that. And, and today you could hide him a little bit, not even hide him. His, his challenges defensively were not going to be exposed by Wisconsin. Today, yeah. Generally speaking. So it's a much more comfortable uh, game for Miller to be in today. Here's something on, the, on this, Jared. It's it, it, for people that say like, you know, cops should shoot more. And, and just force him or whatever. Well, cops, a smart veteran. If uh, he can't get his shot off cleanly, unless it's in the last seven seconds of the shot clock, he's going to pass it and hope that he can get it back or get it to trace or, or, you know, get a better opportunity. He's smart. That is what they teach you. And if you watch him when he catches the ball, almost always his defender is right on him or within a step. And the reason why is again, it's very predictable where he's going to be. And yep. unlike IU that over helps sometimes on the three point line, other teams know don't leave him, give a step of help, not four. And, and so you watch, he's always getting closed out too hard. His guys do not leave him. They usually put a guy who's maybe not the most athletic to defend him. And therefore he can't get that far away anyway on the help. And he's and the the sole assignment is run him off the three point line. That's why you saw early in the season Miller, knowing that from last year, was pump faking and driving into hitting you know mid range jumpers or floaters or whatever, trying to do that. The way the offense has been running lately, there just haven't been opportunities for him to do that. But the problem is, is that there need to be things to make his defender work, and that as you guys have said, that's not the offense. It the only way yep. he's going to get it is drive and kick or a kick out off a double team, and that's to me, it worked today. I think it's ter- a, a terrible idea because you're right, coach. They did run that pin down <laughs> against Penn State. And what happened? He nailed the jumper. They never went back to it again. And I think that needs to be a staple of the offense because even if he doesn't get or make a shot, even if somebody closes out to him, even if they switch, it gets the defense moving and it might get a switch where they're going to put one of their worst defenders on cop because he's not going to drive. It might get a switch where you get a better player defended by one of their worst defenders. And so it's, it's a function like the whole thing works if you try and get your shooter shots because the defense has to work harder. So I, I think that's something they should add. I don't know. One of Mike Woodson's advisors maybe knocks on his door and comes up with something, but it, it needs to happen. It absolutely needs to happen. Uh, if this team's going to have be successful long-term. I'm at a game last night where Joey Hauser runs off 85 million screens. I mean, Joey Hauser's not very athletic, and he doesn't guard extremely well. Coach Izzo said he had to play him because Malik Hall got hurt, and then we struggled on the defensive end. So he's out there to shoot, and they run stuff. Matthew Meyer, uh, they ran plays uh, for him once he got hot. Terrence Shannon had 15 in the first half, only got two shots in the second because they went to the hot hand. So you see it all around – Uh, the game of basketball is running stuff for players to get them involved or taking advantage of differences as opposed to here's what we want to do and we're going to do it no matter what and we're just going to take the secondary actions if they take the number one thing away and and you got to coach your philosophy I mean you can't be something you're not so uh, we don't like it uh, but we're not the coach so we got to hope that it works and they fine-tune it like the double dive was a fine tune for that kind of action. If you're going to run that, then do some new things. They, they ran a ball screen with a flare screen. So inside that isolation, one-on-one, get your own shot in the post or feed off the double team belief, uh, continue to get better within that would be the in- encouraging thing that I would say. But I don't think we're ever going to see a lot of that, uh, yeah. uh, at least right now, until someone does bend the ear. Uh, 
And the thing is, look, anyway. we're not we're not trying to toss a big turd in the victory punch bowl here. You know, this was a terrific win for Indiana, but I think it's very clear that the biggest negative coming out of it is just the continued inability to get the wing scoring going. You know, and I see it, you know, I'm looking in the chat right now, you know, I, you know, Kenneth, and I don't mean to call you guys out, you know, because I see this all the time, you know, people talking about this. Hey, you know, Miller sits in the corner too much. If he would leave it more often and come up to the wing, he would get more shots. True, but I see that as a criticism of Miller, and I think Miller is just doing what's asked of him in the offense. Exactly. You know, I see Forrest exactly. says, exactly. you know, Bates scares me when he has the ball, kind of a me-type player. And as I said, I thought Tamar forced a couple of his shots, but Tamar knows when he's in the game, he's expected to produce offense. And so if you're not going to help him, he's kind of left to force shots a little bit. Now, he will force the issue more than Miller would, and so I think – you know, there are some of those that you'd like to have back, but that's that's the area of growth for Indiana. Look, we're not going to hold everybody to 45 points. You know, not every team is going to be as pedestrian as Wisconsin offensively and be missing a player like Wall. So this was great today, but as you look for how this translates into wins moving forward, I just think there's a lot of meat left on the bone for how Indiana can get scoring out of their wings. And they won today without it, but it's got to start coming. Tamar Bates is an, is an excellent basketball player. Put him in a position to be excellent. Yeah. And I think Tamar presses because he's supposed to score, but he's not getting clean looks. Right. So then he gets it and he tries to make something that's not really there because Tamar wants to win and Tamar, Tamar wants to score. I really believe that. Uh, and so get him a, a coming off a screen. Let him knock down that first three. Get that vibe going. Then maybe even some of them off-balance shots start going in. Um, yeah, I, I think we need wing scoring, especially now. Uh, when you don't have that X uh, ability to break down, which is more of a Woodson thing, you had two guys you could break it down in Hood, Shafino, and X. You need some wing scoring, so open up the, the playbook. And we've been calling it for, for years. Uh, but like you said, we're going to need a little more offense at, at some point, uh, even if we continue the good defense. Yep. Okay, good discussion, fellas. Coming up here on the Assembly Call, it is segment three. We will hand out our game balls and Hoosier Hustle Award, discuss a lingering question or two. And then Coach was on the advanced scout for Indiana's next two opponents, so we'll get some thoughts on the Illini and Spartans coming up next on the Assembly Call. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. All right. Thank you, Jordan. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. This week, uh, there won't be AC radio as we will have uh, the Illinois uh, postgame show because that game's on Thursday. 
Uh, also, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. It is join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. Uh, getting close to 10,000 people on that list, so make sure that you join. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips, Andy Bottoms, and the coach Brian Tonsoni having a lively and spirited conversation uh, here and fun for a post-game show, which is something we haven't experienced in a while, so really enjoying this one. Uh, it's time now for our game ball segment, guys, something we've dreaded for the past few games that we can thoroughly uh, sink our teeth into here today because uh, there are a lot of choices for the game ball in this segment presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. Business. Learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off their testing services, that 23 in honor of TJD. Guys, let's go around the horn and get some game balls. Andy, we will go to you first. Many choices today. Yeah, definitely a few. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Hunchapino. I think because mostly because of the shots he made when the game start. I, I won't even say started to get tight, but felt tight uh, to IU fans being able. It's to a Wisconsin really... game. It was tight when we Within were up 15, fifteen. It's tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to ten with like four minutes left. I was like, well, man, that's uh, yeah, no. But I like I said, I, the, the the two times in the second half, it got down to a ten point game. Uh, when he was there, he he got to the elbow, made a jumper. And pushed the lead back to 12. And and really, I thought the plays he made stemmed the tide. And his ability as an individual to to make shots and to make uh, plays in the pick and roll, I thought was incredibly important. I will not argue with anybody who wants to uh, give it to Trace as he had, you know, just as many assists as Jalen Hutchifino, more points, more rebounds. But I just thought the the timeliness of Hutchifino's shots, and I thought he did a really good job defensively on Chucky Hepburn as well uh, for a guy that really had struggled in some situations defensively in recent games. I thought he stepped it up on that end and showed what he's capable of on that uh, side of the floor as well. Probably the best defensive game from Jalen all season, I thought. I 100%. thought he was really good. Yep. 100%. Agreed. Uh, you can coach, say that about a couple guys. Yes. Coach, game ball. <laughs> Almost uh, everyone, really. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to go Hood Shafino as well. I, I thought he was just fantastic. Uh, the stats speak uh, uh, well. He ran offense, uh, early offense. Uh, I don't. I think it's a guards game. I, I know it's hard when you have two post players who have double doubles to not go that direction. Um, but you got to get the ball to those guys. Uh, and then I also agree with the the ball pressure, which is something that we missed with X. I thought uh, and Jalen Hudshafino hadn't done that. So a lot of non stat stuff. I think Hudshafino brought to the effort uh, today that. Uh, I think needs to be uh, recognized that if we don't have that production, the, the, the bigs don't don't get their, their points and, and their rebounds. And just the calmness of which he played after, I thought, some time where, where he struggled the other night. So uh, I'm going Hood Shafino. Yeah, it is a tough one. He gets mine, too. And Ryan, you know, the other thing I'll say about Jalen, in addition to everything that he did, he stuck with the game. He struggled shooting early. But his shooting was absolutely necessary in the second half because, again, the offense wasn't creating shots for guys on the perimeter and the ones we were getting no one is making. But someone had to step up and make shots. And you don't always expect, you know, your freshman point guard to show that level of poise. But that's the one thing we've heard about him is that he just kind of has this level of poise and confidence about him that isn't normal for a freshman. And boy, I thought we saw that today because Wisconsin has chewed up and spit out a lot of Indiana guards in previous games. And Chucky Hepburn's a good player, and Jalen didn't let it happen. I thought he was great today, and I thought that that string of pull-ups that he hit 
were fantastic and very important. As you guys said, somebody had to hit shots. Uh, but the reason he was able to make those shots was because he was in pick and roll with Trace Jackson Davis, who was having an amazing game. Mine goes to Trace Jackson Davis. 18 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, five blocks and one steal. And on top of that, those emphatic dunks at the end closed the door. You know, it was still kind of that worried Indiana fans were nervous. It's 12 points. And he shut the door repeatedly with several dunks. I think Trace was the player of the game today. I, I thought Jalen was great. You guys make great points. I thought he was fantastic. And again, that string of shots he hit really kept the game at arm's length and kind of, you know, made it so you could feel a little better about it. And he's a phenomenal player. And I, I'm sad that, you know, we're almost certainly not going to have much more time with him. Uh, but Trace was my game ball today because I just thought, as you said, Jared, he looked better. Uh, and, and that sh that shined. And so on both ends of the court, I thought he was Indiana's best player. This is how you win Big Ten games, is you have guys playing this well and then have this many guys that you could also talk about uh, for the Hoosier Hustle Award, which we will go to next, led into by our friend Anthony Leal. Here we go. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, Visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Do you realize that's Jalen's first game ball all season long? First one well, he's yeah, got. Maybe he went for long. 33. Trace was unbelievable. So. I know. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. And again, uh, I, I think I, I I wouldn't give it to him today. I'm I'm. I, you guys make great points though. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Try. for me, for me, I'm giving my Hoosier. I'll lead off Hoosier Hustle Award because I'm giving it to Trace. Uh, because I thought to me, I thought Trace's hustle was just outstanding today. I mean, look, you can give it to a lot of guys, but I thought there were so many plays where Trace scored, ran the floor, came down and got a block. And he was just, his activity I thought was terrific. So this isn't one where I, it's just a kind of a consolation for the second most productive player. I thought Trace was active hustling all over the place. And, you know, for a guy who's been injured and looked a lot better today, uh, I'm giving it to him. And I think he's well-deserving of it. What are you guys shaking your head for? You trying Jordan to say Geronimo. Trace didn't? Jordan Geronimo, Jordan Geronimo was great, but don't shake your head at Trace. No, I no, I'm not shaking my head. I'm, I'm Jordan just didn't hustle more than Trace did. I'm, so I don't know. I, I don't know what you're I shaking your head Jordan's, for. I think Jordan's energy was on a different level to start the game, where Trace, as Coach pointed out, took a little bit of time to get into the game and, and establish himself. Not that he wasn't hustling. I just think Jordan was above and beyond what everybody was doing. And he was the energy guy and he was stirring the drink all day. That is my opinion, Jared. Don't tell me yeah. I'm wrong. It's I'm not. Opinion. You were the one who was shaking your head. I think Jordan was phenomenal. Because I don't agree, but I'm shaking my head. I'm not saying J Jared's an idiot. Trace didn't hustle. I'm just saying, no, nah, I don't agree. I think it's pretty obvious that it was Jordan. Geronimo. Respect your senior me, leader a little more than me. you are. That's all I'm hey, saying. I gave him the game ball, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I think Jordan Geronimo, if we're going by pure hustle, not second best player in the game pure hustle Jordan Geronimo for me just energy up and down the court and and playing through you know he'd make a mistake today and then answer back right away and be you know just a pure energy guy and I loved what I saw from him today Jordan Geronimo 
Well, well, well said, Ryan. Um, just fantastic effort. I understand, Jared, what you're saying too. I thought it was uh, a lot more energy. Like we talked about him being healthy, I thought he had a lot more juice. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis did. Uh, I think you could also throw something Gallo's way for the way he beat up a Siegen early. Uh, yes. I know he got some fouls and probably didn't have all the stats, and I, I don't know that I would vote for him, but I thought his uh, his effort in knocking – that uncomfortableness we talked about the other night, Galloway was a big part of that. That That's kind yep. of a hustle thing for me too, but I'm, I'm going to go with Ryan. This is right. the thing. This is why Indiana won, because all these guys were hustling, right? And that's my only point with Trace. <laughs> exactly. Is sometimes with the star player, we think about him for the game ball, but we don't think about him for hustle because you take it for granted. And that's totally my only it. point with Trace. And he hustled, so, he hustled today. You're not wrong. It's just I think Jordan. No, was, and Jordan and Jordan was awesome, and Trey was awesome. So it felt like he had a rocket. He was sitting yeah. on a rocket all day. Miller Cop hustled his butt off today he too. Did? Malik Renew did. That's what made it great. Andy, who gets your hustle award? Are we gonna have to turn right. this over to the chat mob? No, we are chat not. Uh, no, I, no. I'm, going to I'm gonna go with Geronimo. I, I just thought for a team that lacked energy so much in the Penn State game. Geronimo was one guy that gave it there and carried that over to this game. Uh, and I just thought even I, he might have only had one foul, but just going after rebounds and things like that, it was, you know, the mistakes that he made today were uh, mistakes of hustle and excitement, perhaps, as, a, as opposed to confusion that I think is uh, or indecision where he was making mistakes in some of the previous games. I, I just thought his effort early really set the tone for what we would see from IU for the rest of the game. So I'll, I'll go with him. A worthy choice. Jordan now pulls into a tie for the lead with Xavier Johnson uh, and Trey Galloway for hustle awards. Each of those guys had three. May there be many more games in the future when there are this many reasonable arguments for different guys for the hustle award, because that is what this program needs. So that is what this program needs. Um, all right, uh, let's look ahead, fellas. I mean, look, I think the lingering question, Coach, is easy. Uh, I thought you were a little bit too quick to pose it in the opening of a postgame show after a win. <laughs> Actually, Coach, coach, with coach you, was poo-pooing. With you. you guys missed coach it. Before, Andy and Ryan, before you got on. Last night. So now, <laughs> you know, I think that's what the problem is. Coach was poo-pooing this one before you guys even got on. He was killing my mood before the show even went live. But he has a good I point. No, he has a good point because we've seen this program pop up with a big home victory and it hasn't meant anything moving forward, right? It's just been this island of 40 minutes, you know, within a whole bunch of other games that haven't been good. And so, Coach, that's a lingering question moving forward. Can this team take the good stuff from today, the defense, the hustle, the conviction, you know, the I mean, how tuned in they were to the scouting report, just everything they did. And then start to add some of the other stuff, you know, get the wings going, get, you know, some of the stuff we talked about and actually start building forward. That's a lingering question, you know, and I think it is very fair to have doubts because the recent history of this program hasn't been good. But we're going to learn a lot on Thursday because Thursday is very much a game where Indiana could come out and play very well and carry this forward and lose maybe a hard-fought two- or three-point loss on the road, you know, kind of like what Michigan State did. Michigan State played well last night but ended up losing by 10 points, you know, because Illinois just out-executed them and had a little bit more at home. At a minimum, that's what Indiana needs to do on Thursday. Obviously, you play to win the game. That's the expectation. But we just need to see this team put 40 minutes back-to-back. This was an excellent start. Another lingering question, Coach, can they carry this forward with a good performance on Thursday on the road? Well, we'll just have to see. Um, you know, it's it's been since what November thirtieth since we've had this kind of 
effort totally. I, I you know, we had some wins against lesser competition built in there. But you have to go play the right way. And win or lose, we're behind the eight ball without X and without race. I mean, we are just not as good a team, and that's just that's not a criticism. Can they play with effort and attitude? That's on the players. Can the coaches make the right adjustments and make a game plan that makes sense? Unlike leaving, th- you know, 18 three-pointers against Penn State was still protecting the lane. Um, the adjustments were made today. That is a plus. It needs to continue. This this game's going to be brutally, brutally tough, uh, in, in my opinion, because uh, Illinois had its own three-game losing streak and a blowout game to Missouri. They were searching. Everyone was pointing fingers. They had a player leave the program. I'm not sure for, for whether it was mental health or, or just needed some time off. Uh, and since then, they've been able to rattle off three in a row. They beat Wisconsin without wall, only by a few. I think there are patterns of their play where they are inconsistent. Uh, they guard really well, and then they let up, uh, and then they guard well again, and, and uh, they take bad shots and don't execute offensively, and then all of a sudden they'll execute beautifully and make make shots. So there is a chance it, it, we got to play a complete game, but the inconsistencies that I saw last night in Illinois, even when they won, does give Indiana an opportunity to go in there and, and pull off an upset. But, boy, they're, they're a tough matchup. Um, their their six nine center uh, had twenty last night. First time he was in double digits that kind of way was dominant on the pick and roll. Danger, uh, and then Coleman Hawkins didn't score, but is an outstanding defender at the four. Uh, hit a key three in a, in a, a moment, so you got to guard him at the three, and then you got a six nine Meyer uh, that just went off. Uh, he I thought he was really hunting shots. He and Shannon were hunting shots, and the offense wasn't good. And then all of a sudden at the ten twenty nine mark, they found something. And Underwood just went back to the same kind of play with three different versions, he said, in the, in the post game. Um, and, and and Meyer had like 17 points in the last 10 minutes. He's 6'9". Terrence Shannon, 6'6", had 15 in the first half. Uh, and, and then they're trying to find their point guard solution with Sky Clark no, no longer on, on the team. But an interesting thing, which talk about team chemistry, Terrence Shannon uh, told Coach not to put him back in because the squad that was out there was going well. I mean, the wow. kid had 15 points. He transfers in, and, and Underwood was really praising. He goes, how about that for us, you know, the us over over individuals? I got my best player out there telling me not to put him in because everyone's cooking. And I had to tell him, you're going back in. Uh, we need you for, for defense. So whatever ailed Illinois earlier, they're starting to really put it back together, which is not good time uh, uh, for Indiana. But I think they can be had if we play a complete game. You're going to have to really minimize mistakes. Brad seems to be getting more leadership uh, from his team ever since he made the fart noise in a press conference in response to a question about their team leadership. Yeah, and so the that's nice to see from that. Specifically, them. was about Terrence Shannon, Terrence Shannon too when he made that yeah. too. So. <laughs> uh, Andy, you know, lingering questions for you coming out of this one. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really it for me. It's it, this was a great formula to work against this Wisconsin team with this personnel. Um, I don't know that you can extend the defense as much as you did against guys that are against an Illinois team that has more guys capable of, of beating you off the bounce. Um, maybe you can, maybe, maybe this team is, has improved that much defensively or can play that, that much better defensively than what they've shown. But I think that well, trace is healthy. Then maybe you're a little more comfortable. They were incredible. Yeah. I mean, they were incredibly disruptive because from the, the opening tip, they really pressured Wisconsin outside. They weren't helping off at all is that a formula that works or do you have guys who struggle so much to contain dribblers that you're then starting to allow straight line drives? 
um, which have also been a problem in addition to the, you know, help defense and things like that. So that's to me is, is how viable that formula is from game to game. Now the flip side is you're probably not going to play as many teams who are as disciplined as Wisconsin was. So that part of the game may not be as much of a slog. Uh, I think you're starting to see Huchifino come into his own uh, really a good understanding. It was funny. I was, I was sitting there with my, my daughter, uh, who's in sixth grade and we go and one of the one of the other coaches is always there and he goes like figure out where your spots are and how you're going to get to him on the floor and so i pointed that out to her and i said that is a guy who knows exactly where he wants to get knows where he can be effective and does everything he can to get there and get shots um and so i think from that standpoint that part of the equation is is probably uh more sustainable maybe than what you saw defensively um but at the very least this team should come out of this game with some confidence which uh, they entered the game with with virtually none, I would imagine. Um, so I think that part's good. I think you're just going to need more guys to step up uh, around uh, around Trace and Jalen, who are going to be the focal points today. That was Geronimo. That may not be him the next game, but you know, to your point a minute ago, can we get on here and have a conversation about a few different guys who really made key contributions? And if you can do that on a game in and game out basis. Um, then I think you can be competitive in a league where nobody really stands out all that much above anybody else. Um, and a lot of games might look a little bit different, but the opponent in terms of their relation to IU is not, there shouldn't be that big of a gap. And can you at least stem the tide until you start to get X and race back? Um, playing without those guys, you know, you talked about before the math has changed. I think that's changed in a couple different ways, right? Like you, probably need to figure out some different things to do offensively, but the pressure to play defense, at least in some way that is much closer to this game than the past five, um, you know, it, it's just what, what end of that spectrum can you play on? So can you start stacking positive games? And coach talked about Illinois being able to do that. Michigan state did that earlier in the year. Teams that have struggled, find ways to win, come out and have a good, uh, a good game and put a few of them and string a few together. Uh, I don't know if we know yet that this, uh, this version of this team can do that. And so that to me is the biggest question as you look forward. And Ryan, you know, the other big lingering question is, is this team going to figure out how to make better use of the three point line and stop trying to play basketball with one hand tied behind its back? Because after a few games there where the numbers went up, would we take 14 against Penn state eight today, Indiana, their three point rate now is lower than every season since Tom Crean left. So the, the four with Archie Miller and Mike Woodson, other than one. And that season, which was, I think, the 2020 season under Archie Miller, Indiana was like 220th in the country in three-point percentage. This season, they actually are in the top 50. They've got guys hitting 40% of their shots. And that, to me, is a big question that's going to dictate what this team can do down the stretch. Can they start using the three-point line more? You've got guys who are making them, for goodness sakes. Help Jalen and Trace out. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, they have to... They- to take advantage of the three-point line when you have guys who can make them. Tamar Bates can make threes. Miller Cop can make threes. Uh, you know, Trey Galloway has been better at making threes this year. He's been off lately, but he's been better. Jalen, even, run him off screens, have somebody else be the primary ball handler. He's been hitting threes lately. Make, you know, switch it up. It's not yeah. what you're expecting. The guy who's defending him is not expecting to run off screens. He's expecting to be get caught up in pick and roll, and that's it. And, and, and you're, you're seeing him have to pull up to hit those threes as opposed to getting him in catch-and-shoot situations uh, more. So, yeah, I, I, I that's the big gap right now offensively for this team. You can get points from Trace. Jalen's going to score you some points. 
we're and everybody I, I see everybody talking, you know, who's gonna be the third guy to step up? Well, you gotta get a third, you, you gotta get the third guy opportunities. And you see Tamar Bates catch him on the wing, and he may have some more room sometimes to let it go because he's not, you know, known as a knockdown shooter the way cop is. But it's basically an ISO opportunity for him to drive or or and pull up or or, or get if he gets to the rim, you know, great. But it's usually an opportunity for him to drive one on one and find space and pull up or pull the trigger from three. You got to get that guy some space. He can make plays. He's done it this year. You know, it's not like we're waiting on him to break through. He's broken through. Now we got to get him the opportunities where he can help everybody out. You're right. Putting too much of a burden on two guys to carry you when there are guys who can do stuff, run stuff for him. You know, and the other thing, the defense isn't expecting you to run stuff for him. You run stuff for him. It could create the opportunities you're looking for, even for your primary scorers. Yep. All right, folks, this has been the Assembly Call. Remember to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Gentlemen, it's time for last call. And, Ryan, I know you have a, uh, a little special message. Uh, yeah. You want to recognize somebody with this last call. Yeah, you guys might remember a kid named Antoine Davis, who was basically a baby in Mike Davis's arms uh, when he was uh, at Indiana. Uh, well, congratulations to Antoine today. He became the all-time leader in three-pointers made in college basketball. He has 513 and still has plenty of season left. Well done, Antoine. That's, that's awesome. a kid. That's a kid, by the way, who was sort of a three-star recruit. Didn't get a single college scholarship offer. Went and walked on at Detroit Mercy to play for his dad. Also worth noting, he's third all-time in uh, on the all-time NCAA scoring list, and he's going to be in second after his next game. And he's going to be about 400 points behind Pete Maravich uh, for first place all time. Amazing, there is man. a there is a chance. I, I think it's going to be really <laughs> tough. Pete Maravich for him to get. in three seasons, which is insane. <laughs> Absolutely true. It went three seasons and also no three point line. Um, but it, Pete Maravich did did uh, shoot 890 or made 893 free throws during it. So he was did really he also he must- play for his dad? Was his dad his college coach yeah. or his high school coach? Coach at LSU too. Yeah, he was a college okay. coach. Wait, was he, he coached the, yeah, he coached the varsity too. I think. Press Merriman. Um, so, uh, but Antoine Davis, uh, amazing story, walk-on, who is going to be second all-time in, in the NCAA in scoring. Uh, and I, 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 when I was at the IDS covering him, he was a six or seven-year-old who would always be on the floor after games, barely could get the ball above the rim. Well, he can get the ball above the rim now. So <laughs> congratulations to Antoine Davis and congratulations to the Davis family. That's awesome. What a special experience for Mike, too, to be able to coach his son, you know, and, and be coaching games where his son has taken that many shots and scored that many points. That's awesome. What a what a cool story. Uh, cool. Last call. Coach, last call to you. Yeah, I think the, the best thing to, today was the intensity with which the team played on defense. You could see it in their stances. You could see it in the pressure on the ball. You could see that they did their own jobs. I think one of the things that they've tried to do that's been a problem is everyone's trying to do everyone else's job and stop that guy's locked in to getting the job done defensively uh, and along with the adjustments. But the way they played defensively then sparked them in the second half and they were freed up to, to play a little bit offensively. And that is the way this team has to play, win or lose. Uh, they have to fight and battle till they can get their guys back, if we get them back, uh, and, and put Indiana in a position to get in the tournament and then make a run if you can do that. But the committee might look at this. If we start competing and playing well, win or lose, but when you don't play well, then the questions arise. But today was a, a great effort uh, of focus and intensity that's that's Indiana basketball, and I think that's what most of us ask for. 
that was missing against Northwestern, that was missing against Penn State, and there's nothing you can do about that now other than to bottle this up and, 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 and keep going forward and not have a setback. Well said. Andy, last call. Yeah, this was the bounce-back performance that everybody's been hoping for, and just as everyone expected, it came against uh, a Wisconsin team that has had IU's number for, I think somebody said it was the fourth win over Wisconsin in the last 28 games, uh, which is staggering on a variety the, the, of levels. But The series, the all-time series is hilarious because I think it's like kind of close to even, but it's just like one team like owning two decades and then another team owning another couple decades. It's insane. Sorry, Andy, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have yeah, mind. No, you're good. <laughs> I appreciate that you turned that into a verb. Uh, so I, you know, and again, it's, it's as meaningful as what they can do on, on you know, coming in behind it. If they lose at Illinois, it doesn't necessarily mean this game didn't mean anything. Um, they just need to come out and play with the same level of intensity. And hopefully this, you know, was a, a lesson for them. Uh, you know, and I know we all want to sit here and act like, why should they have to learn this lesson? And whatever it is, I just go back to what Jerry said. Like, this is what you get when you're coaching 18 to 22 year olds. You're going to get performances that you don't expect. They're going to react in ways that you may not expect. Um, but hopefully a lesson can be learned from the way they played this game versus the way they've played the others and, uh, and, and the result that came from it. So, uh, you know, look forward to, to seeing what they can do on Thursday. I think kind of good for this team. It's not quite a whole week off, but a little bit more of an extended break. Um, which hopefully isn't necessarily filled with three-hour practices, but for, for the guys that are uh, a little banged up and guys coming back from playing with the intensity that they had play with today, I think a little bit of an extra break will be good. Uh, and then they they figure out if they can build on this. And if they can, um, the, the Big Ten, maybe not the title is, is there to be grabbed, but there's just a slog in the middle of the league. So if you can start to stack a few wins here and there, steal a couple uh, where you can, I think that's positive. I think the, the biggest thing for me that comes out of this game is some hope. Uh, which was uh, <laughs> sorely lacking, to say the least, after the last few games, because there really wasn't much that you could point to on the court to give yourself that hope. And so today, uh, there was a dose of that, and um, hopefully that's something that they can build on as they move forward. By the way, Jay Wright, pretty good on the call. I, I liked him. He was. I, yeah, I thought, like, the, yeah. the note a that he had A good compliment about... to Raftery, too. And, and yes. Yeah. I really call, enjoyed like, it. He's a level guy in Raftery's, you know, all over the place. But I, I thought, yeah, I thought Wright was really good. Like, I like think he'll note, get better. He'll only get better. Yeah, like the note that he had about Trace and how difficult it is to teach a guy to stay on your feet when you're, you know, trying to defend a guy and then to jump after the offensive guy jumps. Like that from a coaching perspective, that was, that was really interesting to get. Um, you know, my last statement is just very simple. <sighs> exhale. We can all exhale a little bit, you know. You lose three games, the pressure builds, this program just needed a pressure release, and they needed to get back to believing in themselves. And the most important thing is they played 40 minutes of tough, committed defense, went all out, and they were rewarded. That was my biggest fear at halftime when Indiana played that well defensively and you're only up one is, my God, what is going to happen to this team if they play this hard on defense and they still end up losing? You know, and so the fact that they were rewarded, not just with a win, but with a resounding win and that the offense came around and they had fun playing in the second half. This was the absolute optimal outcome for today, but it's only for today. It's got to carry forward. But this is exactly what this team and program 
and just this fan base needed. They delivered it. Uh, I'm just proud of the guys for bouncing back, proud of the coaching staff, you know, for having a better plan, getting the guys to rally around it. This was an excellent program win, and hopefully it's a stepping stone uh, to many more moving forward. Uh, and we will start to find that out on Thursday. All right. That is going to do it for us on this episode. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. Don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks, as always, to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back Thursday night to talk IU hoops after IU Illinois. Until then. Take it from me, Christian Wofford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is done, Sony. Shine the turd up a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> uh, that was from you know, it. one of Coach's classic rants after the Penn State show. Really oh, just. Man. I, I'm going to go back and watch form. that for inspiration if I'm ever it's having great. a rough day. It's so I've great. watched it, but I want to watch it again. Uh, hey, by the way, I don't know if you guys listen. Christian Watford and Derek Elston have a podcast now. There's like this new podcast network called Beyond the Big Ten. I don't mm. know. I've only, I only saw it on YouTube, so I'm not sure if you can actually subscribe uh, in different podcast players. I haven't looked. But I listened to their second episode, and it was really good. Um, Watt and the Tipton Tornado, huh? Yeah. I thought it's really good. You know, look, obviously we're here, and we give our insight as kind of fans and analytically, and we've got the coaching perspective. But it's so great to kind of help triangulate the issues of a team to get a player perspective and especially a recent player perspective. Um, you know, and it wasn't just X player ranting and yelling and raving at current player. I thought they really gave some good insight um, on the kind of stuff that you should criticize a player for and the kind of stuff that maybe isn't the player's fault. Um, it was just good. It was good listening. So I recommend it. I tweeted it out. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet, cool. it, tweet it out again, but it was good stuff. All right, guys. Good show. And yeah, that Antoine Davis thing is, that Antoine Davis thing's messing my mind up. <laughs> he was always that just little kid, man. When they made the final four run, I mean, he was a baby. Yeah. The uh, lesson, as always, we are old. Yes. Yes. That is a repeated, and getting older. repeated lesson. <laughs> what do you mean, we? <laughs> You're only you as young as young. you feel, and Coach is feeling good you right guys now. Are, you're young. Mm. By the way, you know the only guy that we didn't mention is CJ Gunn, who is clearly he's one of those classic guys where he's a good shooter in high school, but it seems like the college game is a little fast and the he's shot hasn't it. translated. He's but it'll come. He'll be fine he, in a year or yeah. two. Yeah. He keep he the keeps shooting. Fine. Yeah, I think he just needs to keep doing what he's doing because I think they'll start falling. So they will. No, just wanted he's, to he's, just wanted to throw that out there. He's, he he's he brings rushing. a good approach to the game every time he plays. Yeah, I agree. So, yep, I like CJ. He'll be All fine. right, guys. And the coaching staff clearly likes him, too. Yeah. So well, he plays hard every time he's out there. Like, he brings a competitive fire, you know, all the time, even if he's not producing. Sometimes yeah, we didn't mention Duncan a whole lot. I know he came up a couple of times. I thought he did. He played pretty well. himself well in some defensive possessions. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think a possession needs to contain him dribbling as much as he did the time that he lost the ball. I think there's <laughs> yeah. probably a direct correlation between – he moved uh, well on both ends. That, I don't know that any post player needs to dribble the ball that many times. It's not really a, a, a commentary on him and him alone. Um, but, yeah, I thought he, he did some, some good things. I, I think with the way he and Malik played should give Woodson, at least in the short term, options, some options and a license to say, I don't have to play TJD 38 minutes a game. Yes. So in that regard, it was really positive. They acquitted themselves 
well or well enough to say, hey, this is this is something I got to do. And I think TJD still looked pretty uh, pretty spry by the end of it, as for, potentially as a result, partly based on the way he yeah. was playing. But um, I thought that was a, a good positive takeaway as well. The only thing to remember about those guys, too, is your role players tend to play better and be more comfortable at home. At home. So it'll be interesting to see how much that translates to Illinois because it may not. Well, and from a that... matchup perspective, it was yeah. <laughs> it was a good one as well. Now, there's been times against similarly good matchups that they've not gotten any run either, so we'll see. Yeah. But I don't want to stop talking right. about the game. We won. I just want to kind of linger on it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to go pick you up stay my stay on long enough, so though. Long Coach enough. is going to tell you all the reasons they're not going to they're not going <laughs> to yeah. play well after this, so we probably better wrap it up. <laughs> no, I, I, just, <laughs> I, I don't know how the Illinois won last night. Like, I didn't think they played well. And then all of a sudden, boom, from the 10-minute mark to the end, it was all Illinois. Um, yeah. Michigan State's yeah, missing think, some shots, too. That didn't help. Yeah. Yeah, I think Michigan State was 0 for 7 from 3. Really inconsistent. Yeah. Now, uh, for different reasons – but I think almost every Big Ten team is really inconsistent in terms of what you're going to get game to game and within games, it seems like, which maybe is a good thing for a team that's you know lost a few in a row to maybe be able to get back in it. So we'll see. Yeah, Illinois. I, I, I definitely – yeah, Illinois, I haven't gotten them figured out yet either. So uh, we'll see what comes on Thursday. And their coach barely has them figured out. So <laughs> that's the Big Ten this year. This is true. All right, guys. That's have yourselves true. a nice little Saturday. And uh, we will reconvene in the community on Thursday night. See y'all. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.